Welcome to the Parker Avery Group's podcast series, Talk Retail to Me, where we offer insights and realistic advice from experts in the retail and consumer brands industries. If you're new to Parker Avery and this podcast, we are a leading retail and consumer goods consulting firm with over 600 years of collective experience, both as consultants as well as leadership positions in the industry. Our firm uniquely combines deep industry experience with consulting expertise and world-class talent to deliver meaningful results. Our approach allows us to build successful, long-term relationships with some of the most recognizable retail and consumer brands in the world. If you're interested in learning more about the Parker Avery Group, we invite you to visit parkeravery.com. This is Trisha Gustin, Senior Director of Marketing for the Parker Avery Group. This week, I am joined by Parker Avery's Chief Analytics Officer and Managing Partner, Sam Iosevich, and we have the pleasure of welcoming Steve Gordon into the firm. Steve is a retail apparel, grocery, and CPG industry veteran with over three decades of experience as an industry insider, business development professional, and consultant. We are excited to have Steve join our firm as our Chief Customer Officer. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Sam. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah. So glad to be with you guys this morning. Yeah, absolutely. So Steve, tell us a little bit a little bit about your background and how you got to join the Parker Avery Group. Ever since I can remember, I've always been curious. And I've always seemed to gravitate toward looking at things that didn't seem possible and understanding ways to analyze make sense of it, drive something that, you know, that ultimately I could understand and other people could understand. I've been doing this forever. You know, even as a kid, I was doing this. And I had an opportunity in school to study chemical engineering. I spent four years doing that. And I realized as I was studying, what I like best is not necessarily getting into the depths of all the details, the mathematics and physics and chemistry, but it was taking the complexity of that and explaining it. I ended up studying uh, business and economics. That's what I graduated with, but I still have the four years of, of that. And it's been a remarkable foundation for me to dive into the world of analytics where I've spent all of my time. I initially worked in, in finance for Fidelity Investment, and I ended up leaving that area because of opportunity came up working in computers with software and financial analysis. This, this company was MarketMax. MarketMax was known as a planogramming system where it took a, a picture of a shelf, but analyzed its potential to generate revenue and margin and all the analysis of the turns. And I just, I thought that was really interesting. And I made a huge change in my career. And that was to look at the analysis of data and to turn that data into actionable information. And I've been doing that now for over 30 years. Nice. So it's really been great working with with Steve for the last 20 years, obviously, since we've been in uh, middle school, right? And (laughs) so what I really loved about the way that we work together is we have a very similar philosophy in terms of how we uh, treat the customer, how we work with the customer, right? What I really wanted you to just talk a little bit about that, because I mean, when you do, I mean, really the way that I think of the world and the way that I like to work with our customers as well. So if you could 
talk a little about a little bit about that. Yeah, I, you know, Sam, we've worked together for a long time, and I, I didn't go into those details, and maybe I should. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're only as good as your word. You know, we are the face of the company to the customer, and I've come to the realization that when we deal with customers, we're not just helping organizations solve high-value business problems, but the people are placing their trust in us. It's their careers. And I, I've taken that very personally, very deliberate about how I navigate situations. When we make a commitment to an organization, we make commitments to people, to individuals. And I don't sleep well at night knowing that there's something that is of high risk and I haven't done my job to figure out how to navigate that. And I think it's our, our responsibility as an advisor, somebody who's trusted to do everything we can to deliver what we've obligated ourselves, what we promised, and frankly, to over-deliver where we can. You know, it comes down to a basic premise. You treat people the same way you would want to be treated if the roles were reversed. And Sam, this brings us back to our relationship. You know, we spent... A lot of time at SAS Institute. You were there I, from 2000, I believe, to 2007 or thereabouts. And I was there at the same time with Market Max, which then we had acquired by SAS in 2003. Sam, you led uh, a services practice, and I also led a services practice. My focus was on solutions. Sam's, you were on creative solves and, you know, uh, competency and forecasting where you've you know, you've built organizations around that. And I saw something really unique about you, Sam, and that was, is that you always did what you could to make the customer successful. And I, uh, you know, from 2000 to 2006, I was in a very similar role and I watched from afar what you were doing. And then we started working together very closely over a couple of those years. And then I transitioned from the director and services over to global business development, where I was responsible in supporting the sales team as an advocate for the customer, but also driving initiatives to, to its proper conclusion, to success, so that the organizations that we serve would look at us and say, you know, you guys were the best team we've ever worked with. That's what I always look for where we would be the first people they would call when they had an issue. And that time period, all the way through 2017, even when I was running uh, a, a practice within the SAS Institute organization, I ran all of consumables, which was grocery, C-store, wholesale, food brokers, whatever it was. I had my own services team that I would tap into. And I realized that while I was compensated on that, I felt much more comfortable going to the outside to this company called Prognos, which brings me full circle. Sam left the uh, SAS Institute in 2007 to start Prognos with another gentleman from SAS. And I had such respect for these guys because they always succeeded. And I went to them as my go-to team in every implementation I had because I knew they would be successful. And to this day, 
I have never seen an unsuccessful effort. So I want to fast forward this real quick, Sam. We work together, multiple grocery accounts. We work very closely together at PepsiCo, where I, I was a beacon lead for Fortune 50 CPG. PepsiCo was my account. I had them globally. Sam had been doing a lot of work there, and we collaborated very, very closely to take PepsiCo to fantastic levels of success. And he had already done that, but we just continued to build on it. And that camaraderie and that interaction that we had worked out to be something spectacular where Sam came to me in 2016. He said, I'd like you to join Prognos. And I remember I was with Arja Senegupta at the time, right? And along with Sam's other partner said, it's time. And at that point, you know, there was significant runway coming in from the Goldman Sachs organization. And I said, you know, I can do that. I went back to my boss at the time at SAS and I said, this is what I'm doing. And he said to me, I, I need you to stay on because we've made some commitments. And I thought through that conversation, I said, you know what, not only have I made some commitments to SAS, but I made some commitments to the customers that I serve. And the rest of the story is in 2016, I gave my notice, but I didn't leave until March of 2017. I followed through with every commitment that I had, and Arjit and Sam stood behind that. In fact, I, I, I thought that the job opening was no longer there. And I remember NRF of 2017, Arjit and Sam came to me and said, are you ready? I'm like, really? It's like, yeah. So that's how I joined 2017, the Prognos organization, which was rebranded to Antwit, and where Yogesh Konkarni and Sam were the founders. Yeah. And I stayed with that organization all the way through, let's see, as of uh, March of <laughs> 2022. So it's a very similar philosophy uh, of, around how you treat your customers, how you, you, know, you treat your colleagues and so on. Is, is something that obviously attracts, attracts me to, to, to Steve. Very similar story on my end. In fact, when, when I was leaving SAS in 2007, uh, I was asked to, to, to stay on because I was leading the, uh, the, the services organization for, uh, for retail CPG at that time. And instead of leaving in August 2007, which, which when, when the prognosis got started, I finally left SAS in March 2008, still running Prognos. But, but running the SaaS organization at the, at the same time. So a very similar outlook in terms of how do you deal with the customer? How do you deal with the commitments? There's, there was never a conversation that we had with Steve where it was, well, this might not work out for the customer, but you know, th th that's okay. It'll work out for three out of the five. That was, that was never the conversations. I've heard those conversations before. I've heard other vendors have those conversations, but that's not something that I, that I could live with. But Sam, I'd even go a step further. When we had conversations where there was risk, it was never, oh boy, this is not going to work. It was always, let me think this through. And it was always a path forward. And there was always a way to navigate that risk and mitigate it and deliver something spectacular. Again, when I tell you, I have never encountered an unsuccessful implementation 
when working with the prognosis organization, with working with Antwit, with Sam and the team, never. SAS was spectacular in supporting that because they also knew, I knew the people within SAS. I knew their capabilities. I knew what their competencies were and wonderful people, hugely smart, but they didn't have the skill set of Sam. And they supported me to go outside, which says wonders. Well, it's 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 not only Sam. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of people that, that work uh, very very closely with Sam. Many of those people you work with for many many years, George, Leo, Dimitri. That those are the heart. That's you know the heart of the organization. And, and they happen to be every. Look at that! Look at that! Yeah, yes. the band's back together. That's right, Dinesh Salvati, who now runs our off, offshore analytics organization, and, and actually a number of others, and, and, and actually more, more to come. And, and also, it's the way that we that, that we develop those folks, right? So we don't just look at people as 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 resources, right? We want our people to treat our customers the way that they want to be treated, and the way that you do that is make sure that you develop these folks, right? To 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 go on to do greater things. One thing that I'm most proud of is I look at some of the people that I work with and, and the roles that they've taken on, you know, after after they worked in the organization. And I'm really proud of what, what they have done. So it's it's a number, it's a number of things, right? It's it's the philosophy of how you treat your customers, but also how you treat your colleagues. And, and by the way, that's actually, you know, where we're talking about Steve here, but that's actually what brought me to, to the Parker Avery group. I, I actually came on as COVID was getting, was, it was, was getting started. And obviously right, there the was, a, yeah. was a little bit of a tough patch. And what I really loved about, about working with Robert and Clay, right? The three of us got together, right? As the equity partners, and we started to talk through the, you know, what, what, what should be done as we we're going through, you know, through a tough patch. And the first thing that we said was, we will take, you know, we will, we will take the hit first, right? We will make sure that our, our employees are, are, are held whole and, you know, and we'll weather this as, as, as much as we, as we possibly can. And that's, that's the way that we actually ran Prognos as well. So just from day one, I felt like I was at home. This, this was the right place for me. And I knew that this would be the right place for, for, for Steve as well. Yeah, culture is everything, Sam. You know, I knew having worked with you, you know, again, SAS, Prognos, Antwit, that the culture that you you built and, and the people you surrounded yourself with, I, you know, I, it fits me well. It's it's who I am. And when I had a conversation with Robert and Clay, I knew that that same culture was present here. It was an easy conversation. You know when it's you know when it's right. And when I had that conversation with Robert and Clay about the possibility of moving over, it was like this conversation. It was easy. It was logical. It fit. When they asked me what my philosophy was, I told them exactly it. You know, you're as, only as good as your word. I, I like to sleep at night. And if I feel like I haven't done something well or if I've treated a customer in a way that I wouldn't want to be treated, or I felt as though I put them at risk, I don't sleep. And they all agreed to that. You know, you do what you can. I mean, listen, you always run into situations, but you're transparent, you're honest, you collaborate, you, you do what you can to advocate. And at the end of the day, you roll up your sleeves, and you make it happen to the degree you can. And 
Yeah, that's it. Our culture is, I would say, very unique. I mean, I've been with the firm for nine years and I've seen a lot of changes, but I feel like especially over COVID, and we've talked about this before, we really, really dug in and strengthened that culture. And I think, you know, maybe a lot of people can say that, but it is very evident in our the way our leadership handled the entire pandemic and continues to handle the firm. And, and that extends, in fact, I just posted on LinkedIn, a Richard Branson post. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was, you know, basically what you just said, Steve, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that is not only internal, but it's external. And that is very evident, I feel, in our co- in our company culture. Yeah, so, and, and, um, and it's it's both inward and outward, right? So absolutely. with your team, you never ask your team to do something you yourself aren't willing to do. And Sam, you're famous for that. You you work you work all nighters over the weekend to support the team. You've done it multiple yeah. times, and I, you know I love that. I love the fact that you know you're you've got skin in the game and. Your team is really an extension of your family in, yep. in a lot of ways. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's what I like. I, I like to be in an environment where I know we're going to do the right thing. And I know you don't need to question it. And I know that with the intelligence of the team, we'll figure anything out. We'll Correct. make it happen. Yep. And that's, that's the other thing, Sam. I, I've got to be honest with you that... I love your mind and the way you view problems. You always look at the art of the possible. You're always looking outside the box. You're always reinventing yourself. You're looking at ways to say, you know what? Well, we were really, really cutting edge in the way we approach this problem. I think there might be a better way. And you're never afraid to question your own successes to say, I think we can do better. I love that. Because it makes my job easier to vision that with our customers and evangelize to say, hey, you know, yes, this unified demand signal concept is absolutely perfect. But you know what? This whole thing on reinforcement learning, that brings us to a brand new level. And as you start to peel back that onion and really understand what that means, that's a great story. Well, there's a culture of, re- uh, of innovation for sure, and that's that's uh, one thing that we we want to make sure that, that that continues. Right, it's always been there. One thing that I encourage the team is not only just to just to take to my vision, right? Uh, question the vision. Tell me where 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 things don't make sense. Some of some of our best folks come back and say, you know, question every aspect of of what we have. Is this really the best way of doing things? Right. And, and I love that. Right. Because as soon as as soon as you say it has to be your way. Right. You're only one. You're only one person. Right. And there, there are a lot of folks in the organization that are a whole lot smarter than uh, than me and have a lot, uh, a lot to contribute. So that innovation lives in, in all parts, parts of the organization. The other thing that I wanted uh, to mention, and I think it works very well with with your background. What's different uh, Parker Avery versus with Prognos? Prognos was. Although there was some, I mean, obviously there was a focus on, on the retail and CPG sector, but we've taken it to a whole different level here at Parker Avery, right? You've got folks here that have sat in, you know, in, in executive roles for 20, 25 years. They'll, they would have spent a whole lot more time in retail than they'll ever spend in consulting. So they understand that 
just to you know so much so much deeper. So what's been really fantastic for me and and, and Steve, you're gonna you're gonna love this as as well is working with folks like um, Marty Anderson or or or, or Dave Seely or the, those types those type of folks. People who can really look at the analytics and, and how you're applying applying it and look at it from a, from a different lens and really help with the with, with the innovation process. So so some of the innovations that you're seeing on the analytics side is really the collaboration with folks like 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 Marty Anderson and, and, and many and many others and, and and that that will continue. And there's another thing that I wanted to to mention was around, you know, we're always interested in the customer successes we talked about, right? A big part of that is actually adoption, right? Which we work on and then sustainment. And, 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 you know, you and I have always worked in that, right? So we were always at the customer making sure that even if the product was great, make sure that it gets adopted through organization, make sure that it lasts and so on. Well, there happens to be a term for that, right? That's called change management. And uh, Kathy Cole, who leads our practice, right? Uh, some of the things that, that, that she, she talks about, yeah, yeah we, we did some of that. But you know what? We could have done a whole lot more. And, and you know what? And there's a science behind that. And so taking some of those aspects, as well as uh, some of the business process and the analytics makes, makes all of this. Yeah, no, I, f- I fully agree. You know, and Sam, you know, as difficult as COVID has been for, for all of us and certainly our customers, we've hit a transition point. I think a point where organizations now have come to the realization that they need to adapt, they need to transform, they need to think differently. The business model pre-COVID is no longer applicable, fully applicable to the way that they need to go to market today. And whether that is is looking at the organization and its capabilities or refining the way that uh, they strategically go to market to serve their customers, I believe that Parker Avery is in a perfect position to provide guidance and assistance in those transformational needs. I mean, think about it. Over the last two two years, two two and a quarter years, we've seen an evolution in the digital marketplace, the omni-channel. I would never have believed it. It's matured five, ten years in two years. The assortments that... Our, our customers, their consumers buy is drastically different today and certainly during COVID than it was pre-COVID. So it's a full evaluation of, of what's relevant, what's compelling, and goes to what store and what quantity. It's perfect. It's what we do. You look at the channels and the way that they buy. It's no longer just a brick and mortar centric world. It It is a digital world. It's It's providing awareness of the product in any environment at any place in which they want to interact with their consumer so retailer consumer it's it's the way that the buy takes place and how it gets allocated and and looking at the efficiency and the productivity of how that supply chain is ratcheted in its precision all the way down through to making sure you're driving right into the perfect order not too much where the turns are low and and ultimately the cash flow gets compromised and not too little to where you have out of stocks. And ultimately the fulfillment. Think about fulfillment now. 
this whole buy online, ship from store, and certainly the pickup in store, it's transformed the whole industry to the point major organizations are now separating themselves from digital versus brick and mortar. We couldn't be in a better position to help our customers navigate that. There's nothing easy about it. No. But I think absolutely. we have the skill set to really guide them in a meaningful way to something that is significant, sustainable, and ultimately allows them to compete at a different level going forward. Yeah, absolutely. That the whole it, it's a whole another level of business transformation because it happens so quickly and it is such a drastic change to where we thought we were two and a half years ago, where retail thought it was two and a half years ago. And companies are still trying to figure it out and trying to figure out the best model for them. But we are definitely in a good position for that. Not only as the analytics, Sam, (laughs) drives those changes and, and informs those decisions, but also from just a pure business process design and change management sustainability perspective. So, um, perfectly said, like perfectly (laughs) toot our own horn a little bit, but you know, and then getting just down to the rolling up your sleeves part of it back to the culture, every single one of our team has that mentality and is not afraid to push to new directions, but, but also question existing standards. Yeah, no, that's, I, I love the fact that, we we all experience you know we we we're all consumers in our own right we look at the way we've changed our habits and we're not afraid to come to the table with a point of view and say we need to rethink this you know from the business processes to the systems to the supporting change management and as you said the underlying analytics it's all part of the ecosystem and that yeah. ecosystem is parker avery yep Nice pull package. All right, let's 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 take a step over. Steve, tell us about you personally. Where do you live, and what do you do when you're not driving all this transformation magic? You know, I I've had the I guess fortunate opportunity to travel all around. I've I've as you know, Trisha, you and I were talking. You know, my typical year is 120 to 160 flights somewhere, and that's been great. I've seen a lot of the world. But it's always brought me back to where I grew up, and that's New Hampshire. And I live in New Hampshire with my my wife and my my two boys. We we love the outdoors. We have a little place up in the mountains and called the White Mountains, where in the winter time we ski, and in the summertime we're we're out either at the river or we're hiking or we're doing something. And you know, for me, outdoors is great, but it's being with family that's most important uh and that's where i get my most joy is watching my boys grow up and how my my wife and i rally around their successes and guide them i couldn't be more proud to to see the young men that they've grown up to be and their successes i never could have imagined the joy but it's real yeah nice are they are they skiers or are they snowboarders they are skiers. Uh, so oh, my younger unusual. boy, he's a swimmer year round, a great little swimmer. And then my, and in the wintertime when I can drag him away from practice, which he, he's pretty headstrong and going to all of his practices, we'll head up and we'll ski. And 
my older son is he's a tennis player tennis player he's hugely athletic he was a, a gymnast for years and decided to take a different route and he's picked up tennis and he's just phenomenal at what he does both boys are, are great and so yeah we'll go out and we'll ski in the winter and they're i've skied forever and i love to ski that's my passion and they're both significantly better than me which you know it goes with the territory <laughs> that's awesome it's nice all right now that you've been you know, with Parker Avery for a little over a month, I think at this point, what's your, what's your focus for our retail and our CPG clients now as in new relationships as we continue through the year 2022? That's a really good question, Tricia. I'm, I believe the number one action that we can take is to make sure the relationships that we have in those organizations that we've you know, we've been entrusted to serve that those initiatives are hugely successful. And I believe that when we do that, and which, by the way, we've done by all accounts, is to continue to be their trusted advisor for the long term. You know, I just mentioned, you know, this whole omni-channel evolution. There's a significant amount of work that mm -hmm. can be done within organizations. It's not just about a singular selection of a tool or, or a singular change management. It's about a relationship long-term. So number one is to make sure that those relationships are well-supported, those initiatives are well-supported, and we earn the trust, continued trust of these organizations, and we organically grow with them. And in that process, bring tremendous value to them. I think the next one is, is, you know, I've been in this industry for a long time and I have a lot of people that have entrusted me to support them. And I, I want to, I want to evangelize what we're doing here. It's significant. And to have conversations is part of what I love to do. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a sales guy. I, I am, but I'm not. What I am is I'm a, I'm a consultative sales to tell people in real words and real examples how we're able to move the needle for organizations. To take that and align it to, I believe that there's a way that we can bring significant value in A, B, and C. And these are people I've known for years, and they, I believe that in those types of conversations, it's always in the back of their mind that as they navigate their own issues, they're going to think Parker Avery, those are the guys that can help me. And I think the other one is, is to do our due diligence and looking in and throughout the industry and being relevant to folks that we don't have relationships with and telling them, evangelizing to them as an outsider coming in and say, hey, we get it. We understand what, what your challenges are. And to help them understand where and how we can help them. So it's organic growth with our current customers. It's re revisiting old relationships and people that have trusted us in the past and to see where and how uh, we can help them with the things that they're struggling with. And the third is to grow to grow our base to folks that don't know about Parker Avery and to educate them and, frankly, for us to be educated about their challenge. 
Perfect. Those are great objectives. And again, welcome. We're so glad to have you on board. It's been, uh, I've already had several conversations with you and enjoyed every one of them. And same, of course, we've, we've been working together for a few years now, but it feels like longer <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. So thank you both so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure getting to know our team. You both have a wonderful rest of your day and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Trisha. Thanks, Steve. That's a wrap for this week. We hope you enjoyed the conversation, gained some industry insights, and got to know the Parker Avery Group a little bit better. If you have any questions about today's discussion or wish to talk about any retail industry challenges you may be facing, please visit our website to contact us. Please also join our conversation on LinkedIn. Just search for the Parker Avery Group. And don't forget to share this podcast to anyone who may benefit from these insights. We look forward to hearing from you. 